Remember the good old days before Microsoft Word had autosave? You'd type up some important document and then your computer would freeze and you'd lose hours of work just because you forgot to hit save? Well, that's what it's like going online without ExpressVPN. Every time you're connected to an unencrypted network, whether it's in an airport, a hotel, a cafe, or anywhere, your online data is not secure. Any person on that same network who knows what they're doing can gain access to your personal data. Bank logins, credit card details, passwords, all the stuff you don't want people seeing. Unfortunately, hacking has become much easier than it used to be. People don't even have to be exceptionally skilled to do it, and there's a lot of money to be made by selling your information on the dark web. ExpressVPN stops hackers from stealing your data by creating a secure, encrypted tunnel between your device and the internet. It's incredibly easy to use. Once the app is running, you literally click one button to get protected. And it works on your phone, laptop, tablet, and more, so you can stay protected on the go. I've been using ExpressVPN for a little while now, and I can rest easy knowing my info is safe and secure. I've heard horror stories of people who've been hacked, and it sounds like a massive pain to try to get any resolution in the aftermath, so I am not interested in finding out what that process is like. Secure your online data today by visiting expressvpn.com slash slashfilm. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash slashfilm, and you can get an extra three months free. expressvpn.com slash slashfilm. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Slash Film Daily for Thursday, May 6th, 2021. On today's episode of the show, we're going to be talking about the latest film and TV news. My name is Ben Pearson. I'm the senior writer at SlashFilm.com, and I'm joined on today's episode by Slash Film Weekend Editor Brad Oman. Hey, that's me. And writer Swai Trampui. Hey, everyone. And Chris Evangelista. Hi. All right, so let's jump into the news, guys. Uh, Chris, the Red Sonia movie, which has been in development for, I don't even remember how long, but a very long time, has finally found a star. Who is going to be in this movie? Yeah, it's been in development since at least 2008, and uh, it's it's gone through multiple directors and multiple uh, Red Sonias. And now Hannah John Kamen, who was in uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp, and she was also in Ready Player One, and she's also in the upcoming Resident Evil movie, is going to star as Red Sonia. So there you have it. Um, of course, we've been here before, and this could always fall apart, but as of now, that's what's happening. Well, Chris, as the world's number one Red Sonia fan, what do you make of this casting? Do you, do I this... mean, <laughs> when I read this news, I <laughs> clutched my Red Sonia doll, and I looked up at my Red Sonia poster and I said, finally, the prophecy has been fulfilled. Somebody can finally uh, follow in the footsteps of, was it Brigitte Nielsen? Is yes. Who okay, At well. long last, Red Sonia is happening, I said. And I called my mom, and then I called all my relatives, and we all started crying. Uh, well, uh, I'm, I'm glad that Hannah John Kamen has this job. I mean, I, I got a chance to interview her on the set of Ant-Man and the Wasp and she seemed like a very nice person. So hopefully, uh, this movie finally happens in this form. I know that, like you said, it had gone through a ton of different directors and stuff. So, um, I, I wonder if there is somebody like that out there, Chris, somebody who has been, you know, a red Sonya fan from way back and has just been like tracking this movie over the past decade plus and is just desperately like hoping, fingers crossed, that this one finally makes it to the finish line. So I'm sure there is someone like that. Well, if you're a listening person, uh, I, I wish you the best and, and good luck and Godspeed. Um, all right, Brad, let's go to you. The Paramount Plus, the new streaming service, has made an announcement about their plans for 2022. What do we know? Right, so uh, Paramount Plus is still relatively young, technically, in the streaming service game, because even though it's just a rebranded version of CBS All Access, 
that rebrand came with uh, a big initiative to start churning out a lot more original content, especially when it comes to movies. And so they have a lot of catching up to do when it comes to making movies on the same level as like Netflix or, uh, you know, HBO Max or or anything like that. Uh, And in 2022, they're planning on releasing a new original movie every single week. So that'll definitely start uh, beefing up their library. There aren't any specifics on uh, exactly what the roster of titles will be for these. And it sounds like some of them may end up actually being uh, some of Paramount's own movies that will hit the streaming service um, 45 days after they hit theaters. It seems like they're kind of considering those originals, even though they're not being produced directly for Paramount Plus. But they also Mm -hmm. do have... Um, a series of movies that are being made specifically for Paramount Plus from the Paramount Players banner, Nickelodeon, um, Awesomeness, and other Viacom uh, CBS companies. So they have a lot going on. And that's also on top of the fact that uh, this summer they're planning this big, uh, quote, mountain of movies uh, initiative where they're adding uh, another thousand movies to their library in June. Um, and by the end of July, they'll have over 2,500 movies as part of their library. Okay, that's not bad. Um, I'm just thinking about the logistics here, though, Brad, because, you know, even with uh, the Paramount Plus original movies, and if you bring in some of those Paramount movies, you know, like the I think they talked about Mission Impossible 7 being one of those, Top Gun Maverick being one of those that, that could end up on that streaming service, Um you know, like you said, 45 days after they, they debut in theaters, uh, 52 movies is a lot of movies for, for companies like that to, you know, for Netflix, they have so much money. They're, they're at the top of the pile, but Paramount as a studio has been like selling off a lot of their stuff to Netflix. So, I mean, what kind of movies are we expecting here? Do, do you know of like any specific titles that are supposed to be released next year? I think that what's going to happen here is we're going to end up seeing some movies that Paramount Pictures was intending to release theatrically go straight to Paramount Plus because uh, coupled with this news, um, it was also announced that Paramount Plus picked up Infinite, Antoine Fuqua's new sci-fi thriller starring Mark Wahlberg and Chiwetel Ejiofor. Um, it was originally intended to be released at least in theaters last year. The pandemic delayed it, and then it was going to get a theatrical release later this year, but they just snagged it for a straight to Paramount Plus release in June. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see either some of the movies that Paramount thinks they won't get a good enough box office return on uh, sent to Paramount Plus, or they'll just decide some of their mid-budget movies and things like that will be better served uh, helping to boost their subscriber base ra- rather mm-hmm. than releasing them in theaters and spending all that money on marketing and stuff. Gotcha. All right. Uh, well, speaking of streaming services, let's go top over to the world of Disney Plus. And uh, Chris, tell us about what's going on with Loki, the new Marvel Studios show. Uh, yes, Loki has shifted to Wednesdays. It was originally going to uh, show up on Disney Plus on Fridays like the previous uh, Marvel Disney Plus shows, but now it's going to uh, air every Wednesday or stream every Wednesday on uh, starting June 9th. And um, uh, there wasn't a reason given for this, but the, the likely reason is Disney Plus now has uh, the Star Wars animated series, The Bad Batch, airing on Friday. So they likely just want to spread their, their, I hate to use this word, but they want to spread their content out. Yes. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me. Um, Chris, I'm curious what your thoughts are on Loki. I know you caught up with WandaVision. Uh, did you, have you caught up with Falcon the Winter Soldier yet? Probably not. No, it just okay. it did not appeal to me. 
Yeah. And so what do you think about Loki? Is that one that you're going to check out? You know, I might check this one out because I did like the trailer and I like the idea of, of uh, Loki hopping around time and being D.B. Cooper and all that stuff. So <laughs> I, th- I think I will check this one out. H.G., I have to assume that you're, if not full-blown excited, at least interested and, and curious about Loki. Am I right about that? Yeah, I'm really interested. I'm not like, I'm not a Loki fangirl, so I'm, you know, not like full-blown excited, but uh, I am really intrigued by the trailer and what we've seen so far. It just, yeah, it seems very experimental and weird and trippy, so I'm all for that. Uh, Brad, do you have any thoughts about this? I know that you've been, I mean, you and Peter typically cover the the Star Wars stuff and the Marvel stuff on the podcast. Uh, you do deep dives on that. Do you have any, any other um, maybe reasons why you think they could, they, they might be uh, doing this shift to Wednesdays? No, it seems like that they know that they're, now that they're um, digging into more Star Wars content, that they're just going to have a crowded schedule. And I feel like they just want to spread out that publicity wave um, just so that the coverage, you know, is not just stacked on top of each other. You know, you want to make yeah. sure that the audience can find it and that, it, uh, cause it, a lot of these episode releases and stuff like that, they're usually coupled with, with interviews and extra coverage from analysis from the, um, each episode. So you just want to make sure that it's, you're not getting a lot of stuff lost in the shuffle. Yeah. Um, Chris, on a recent episode of Slash Film Daily, we talked a little bit about a lost film from George A. Romero, and evidently now there is another one that's coming out. Tell me about that. Uh, yeah, so the other Romero movie is one that wasn't actually made yet, and that's that's Twilight of the Dead, but that's a script he was working on when he died, and that's going, in theory, going to be made into a movie now with a different director. But then there is The Amusement Park, which is um, a movie he made back in the 70s. And he was commissioned by the Lutheran Society to make this movie. And it, it's it's technically an industrial film, which is like, uh, I don't know how to describe that. It's sort of like a, a short that they used to play for for companies or for, in this case, the Lutheran Society. It wasn't really intended to be released as a movie. It's basically like, a you know. A PSA, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, but because he's George Romero, he made it in his own style and it's weird and it's creepy and it's it's supposed to be, you know, I haven't seen it yet, but it's, it's supposed to be very interesting. And up until now, it was more or less lost for lack of a better term. But uh, they recently found a print of it and they restored a print of it. And now that is going uh, to shutter the horror streaming service. And that will premiere on June 8th exclusively on Shudder. Do we know if there are supposed to be zombies involved in this plot? What's the, the no? Gist? It's a, um, it's it's basically it's about ageism and it's about uh, it's about um, an old man like wandering around an amusement park being uh, tormented by uh, strange things. There are no zombies, but it's it's uh, it's it's um, yeah. <laughs> we'll see. I haven't seen it yet, so I can't speak exactly on what it's about. But I, okay. I'm very excited to check it out. Um, well, I mean, and like, I think we talked about in the previous episode, Romero is like super uh, closely associated with the zombie genre, but he directed a bunch of other stuff that didn't have anything to do with zombies. Like not to put you on the spot here, Chris, but off the top of your head, is there, if somebody was trying to explore the filmography, the directorial efforts of George A. Romero, and they wanted to steer clear of zombies, is there like one or two movies that you can think of? of his that you think uh, people might like that don't have anything to do with zombies at all. I mean, creep show is a great example. Creep show is wonderful. Uh, what else? There's, there's monkey shines, which is a really weird <laughs> movie about uh, this guy who gets, he gets paralyzed. A car hits him and he gets paralyzed 
and he gets a helper monkey to help him out at home. But like a helper help- dog, but a helper monkey is that yes. a thing? Yeah, I, uh, it is in this movie. <laughs> okay. But the 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 monkey um the monkey develops like a psychic bond with this guy and starts seeking revenge for him. Like the guy, like after he gets paralyzed, the guy's wife has a affair with his doctor who's played by Stanley Tucci. I should add a very young Stanley Tucci. And in his rage, the guy uh, inadvertently (laughs) sends the monkey to kill his wife. It's, it's a very strange movie, but it's, 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 uh, it's interesting. Uh, I would recommend checking out monkey shines. If if you haven't seen it. That sounds incredible. Okay. Uh, All right. Let's get to our last news item here, which I'm kind of was saving what I think might be the best conversation on on today's episode for last year. And HT, that is an article that you wrote up about uh, Warner brothers, new Superman movie. Tell me about that. Yes. So it was reported a couple of months ago that uh, writer Ta-Nehisi Coates uh, was working on a new Superman movie. It was uh, reported that it might be a black Superman movie. And now it's confirmed that this is, in fact, uh, going to star a black actor as the iconic hero and that this movie is now on the search for a director, a black director specifically. A couple of names that are being floated are Oscar-winning Moonlight director Barry Jenkins, Creed II Stephen Capel Jr., uh, Regina King, who recently made her directorial debut to critical acclaim with One Night in Miami, as well as uh, J.D. Dillard, who uh, helmed Slight and Sweetheart, and Shaka King, who recently is uh, very much in the the spotlight now for uh, Judas and the Black Messiah, which earned a Best Picture nomination at the Oscars. So this is... um, this report comes from The Hollywood Reporter, and they talked to sources that, that said that Warner Brothers and DC are committed to hiring a black direct, director to tackle what we, would be the first cinematic incarnation of Superman featuring a black actor. And um, even though J.J. Abrams is involved as a producer, they uh, are not inclined to have him as director. A, lot, a couple sources saying that that would be tone deaf, which would in fact be the case. <laughs> so a couple other details come from this report. Uh, the Superman movie won't be part of the core DC movie universe. Um, Coates is crafting a new take on Kal-El, which will be in the vein of the original Superman comics. And uh, we'll have a protagonist hail from Krypton and come to Earth. And it may actually be a 20th century period piece, um, which would, again, sort of be an homage to the original comics, um, but this time with a black face at the center, uh, which is interesting. So... um, there's a, you know, Tanahisi Coates is still working on the script. He's not expected to deliver it until mid-December. So it's going to be a while till casting goes underway. But uh, the director search is on. And apparently a couple of them, ha- a couple of potential directors have already met with Warner Brothers. Um, although they're also apparently being courted across the aisle by Marvel for the Blade movie. So there's mm. a couple, a couple of these are in the running for either of those, um, those films. But um, yeah, this seems, this seems to be in the works and uh, getting rolling. So actually, I have to ask you, what do you think about the idea of this being uh, like the actual character of Kal-El instead of, you know, a brand new character that just happens to be Superman in like an alternate universe or something? I have mixed feelings for it, honestly, because while I have been um, pretty, you know, pro race bending for a lot of iconic characters because it seemed like a good way to balance the scales and um, get more representation out there. It feels like any a lot of past attempts to do this, um, you know, race-spent take on a character kind of falls flat. Um, and it feels 
it's there's been some discussion in the in the, there's some been the discourse about whether this is actually that progressive or not whether creating new characters um and having them be in the spotlight versus trying to do uh just a black version of a famous character would be more uh just more productive essentially mm-hmm. and um yeah so i'm kind of a mix with this, especially because Warner Brothers doesn't have the greatest track record uh, with diversity, as we've seen with the behind-the-scenes report uh, for Zack Snyder's Justice League, and then what would become Joss Whedon's Justice League, and how they weren't totally sensitive about the depictions of race, and especially with their treatment of Ray Fisher. So it feels like this is kind of them trying to cover their tracks and being like, oh, well, we are progressive. We're going to have a black Superman, and that's great on paper, but I don't really know how it will play out in the end. If they do get one of these uh, directors who are being floated, maybe I would change my mind because they're all really, really talented. Like a very Jenkins Superman, that would be that would be great. Uh, Regina King Superman, Shaka King, just like wow, that would be uh, kind of great. So it depends on what name they get um, behind this movie. Yeah. Um, well, Brad, you cover the superhero beat for the site. Is there a uh... Well, first of all, what are your thoughts on this? And then secondarily, is there among these uh, these potential contenders here, is there one name that jumps out to you as being you know uh, more exciting than the rest in terms of who you think might be the best fit for a, a Superman film like this? Um, not exactly, only because you know I don't necessarily know what to expect from this kind of Superman and what they're going for. You know, so like I'm basically just trusting the process at this point. But I, I like the idea of them. Um, you know, really expanding just the image of Superman and what Superman, you know, can be because it's, um, you know, we've said this time and time again, representation is important and it's good for people to see, you know, someone who looks like them in these, you know, iconic roles as as superheroes. Um, And so, you know, certain uh, fans can cry all day about how, you know, this this isn't how Superman is, you know, in the comics. (laughs) Like, well, these are comic book movies and movies are being adapted from them and things can change and it doesn't change anything about um, you know, the the meaning of the character to you or anything like that. You know, if, if it makes it more meaningful to somebody else, um, then I think that's great. And I I hope that it's a, something where this version of Superman is treated with the same amount of respect that's not treated as like, oh, well, this is, you know, uh, um, this isn't the real Superman. You know, I, just, I, I, I want this to feel like if they were making a full-on, you know, new Superman movie. And so I hope that they're able to deliver that. Mm-hmm. Chris, what do you think about this situation? And do you have a, a potential favorite in these candidates? Yeah, I mean, all, all the the points HT raised are, are are pretty much how I feel as well. I, you know, it's 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 a tricky thing, and I hope they get it right. Um, uh, if I had to pick, you know, uh, I, I hate this thing where it's like whenever there's a great director outside of the superhero uh bubble the first thought is like i want them to make a superhero movie mm-hmm. and i i i'm always like a little knee jerky against that at the same time if you know if barry jenkins made a superhero a superman movie it would probably be like the best super movie like ever made and i would fucking watch the hell out of it so i i guess i'll it really depends on you know who they get to direct really there and and how it all plays out in the end i mean i'm I'm certainly not against this idea in in any form but i'm uh uh, i'm cautious for the for pretty much all those reasons ht raised yeah i'm I'm glad i'm glad you said that issue because that's like the idea of you know just creating a new character seems 
that kind of, yeah, seems like preferable almost in some ways, because then you don't have like all the baggage of this thing. But then I can also see it from the other side of like, you know, it's about time and this character is important. It's kind of the same issues that were being brought up in, um, in Falcon and Winter Soldier, honestly, like the idea of a black character stepping into that Captain America role. Um, Brad, do you think they're going to be like, I mean, there's a, if a black man, even if he's an alien, right? Like he's still going to be a black man living in America. So or theoretically, I mean, who knows? <laughs> they, they could have him be in a different uh, country, but that seems more like, you know, red sun or something. I doubt they would do that. So yeah, it I, seems I think like they'll be treading the same ground, right. Or similar ground. I, I mean, I hope so, you know, and like, um, I don't, obviously I want them to tread, you know, a little bit different ground and maybe tackle the, the subject differently, but you know, it's, I think there's an opportunity here to create a story that is, um, different from you know the original superman because uh clark kent is you know he makes himself um or superman makes himself appear as clark kent just this average you know uh white guy who grew up on a farm happens to be an alien from another planet and has superpowers and doesn't necessarily have to deal with the same struggles that uh, a black man with those same superpowers living in america would have to deal with and so um i i hope that there's a way for them to tackle that and do something different with superman and shake up the formula a little bit so that um it it feels like it's superman but it also comes with a different kind of of baggage and so you can tackle you know different thematic elements that allow you to still make the character you know meaningful and i i think that if you do something like that then you don't maybe don't have to worry as much about the baggage of like the history of superman because this is this is just a new take on superman Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. So let's end with a speed round where I'll go around the circle and ask you guys uh, who you think should play Superman. I'm no, I'm, I, we didn't talk about this beforehand, so I'm totally springing this on you. Um, I have a, a potential contender in mind. And if you want to pair it with one of the directors that's listed here, you know, somebody who's worked with those filmmakers before just to mix things up, you could do that. Um, Brad, let's go to you. Do you, do you have anybody in mind? I know um, Michael B. Jordan is like the one person who has, um, has, I think she wrote in her article that he's denied involvement, but he's been, his name has been thrown around. So you can uh, use him if you want, but any, any other people who maybe come to mind? Uh, I'm going to say Reggie Jean Page. Um, he's on the rise right now. He's uh, got a lot of charm, very handsome, uh, very fit dude. And I could easily see him uh, putting on the, uh, the cape. Awesome. All right. HT, any, uh, any favorites or, or just potential contenders you can think of? I'm going to say Daniel Kaluuya, directed by Regina King. So that the one reporter who asked him what it was like to be directed by Regina King <laughs> in the Oscars cute like press conference uh, can now... It'll <laughs> not be, be wrong, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. I like that. Uh, Chris, what about you? Uh, I think Aldous Hodge would be a good pick. He's in really good shape and he's a really good actor. And I would also cheat and say young Denzel Washington gets in a time machine and comes to the future and makes this movie. And that would, <laughs> that be, would like, be like, like if they had made this, you know, early nineties, Denzel Washington as early nineties Superman. Fucking fantastic. It'd be amazing. Yeah. Only John David Washington had the same charisma that Denzel yeah, I like, Washington yeah, had. Yeah. I like him as an actor, but he does not have that same like Denzel Washington is a movie star basically. And, and John A. Washington is just a really 
a good actor. Yeah. Um, I My pick would be William Jackson Harper uh, for Barry Jenkins because William Jackson Harper played uh, Cheedy and on The Good Place, if you don't recognize that name immediately. But he's also um, worked with Barry Jenkins because, or, or in the, uh, the upcoming Amazon show, The Underground Railroad. Um, and I just feel like William Jackson Harper has a little bit of that dorky nerd energy that I feel like would be really good for Clark Kent. He could also get jacked if he needed to and, and do the superhero thing really well. And like you guys were talking about, you know, a Barry Jenkins directed Superman movie would be incredible. And and he is just like one of the most empathetic filmmakers that we have. And I feel like William Jackson Harper is, he has that, uh, that sort of natural charisma, but also this ability to convey empathy on screen that would be like really interesting for a Superman character in a way that we haven't really seen uh, for that, that character depicted before on, on screen. So uh, that would be my pick, but um, yeah, I think it, I, I would love it if if our listeners have any uh, guesses or, or you know fan castings or uh, just any fun suggestions or whatever, you could send us an email and, and let us know about that. I'd love to hear what you guys are thinking out there. Uh, all right, I think that's going to bring us to the end of today's episode of Slash Film Daily. You can find more about all of the stories that we mentioned on today's show at slashfilm.com and linked inside the show notes of this episode. Slash Film Daily is published every weekday, bringing you the most exciting news from the world of movies and TV, as well as deeper dives into the great features you can find on the site. You can subscribe to the show on Apple, Google, Overcast, Spotify, all of the popular podcast apps, and send your feedback, questions, comments, concerns, Superman suggestions, and mailbag topics to us at peter at slashfilm.com. Make sure to leave your name and general geographic location in case we mention your email on the air. Don't forget to rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. Tell your friends, spread the word. Thank you all for listening, and we will talk to you tomorrow.